with the needs of his believing children. Amen. Let me just let me just say this. This is not entertainment. This is not a this is not a drama. This is not a, a theater production. Amen. This is a place where God, Amen, can take the sword of his word, which is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and it can cut between the bone and the marrow. It can go in the secret places. I say, oh God, go in our secret places this week. Go in our secret homes. Go in our secret conversations. Uncover the thing, Lord, until your power can burn out everything. It's unlike you. Anybody said, Lord, send the fire. Amen. Send the fire. Amen. Bring the fire of God. I tell you what, we built the fires on the devil's altar long enough. I think it's time to clean the altar off and let the fire of God come back in the church of God. We're gathered here for God, amen, to deal with the needs of his believing children. Amen, I love the study of prophets because he will tell you if you've got a need, then God will call a man. Thank you. God will call a man to the pulpit, amen, to minister to your need. He said, or to preach the absolute truth. If you've got a need, then God will send a preacher behind the pulpit. Amen. Let me say this. Amen. Brother Tom called me and invited me to be here. But the reason I'm here is because you pulled me here. Amen. The reason this gift is behind this desk this weekend, it's not because we arranged a few dates and booked a few tickets. It's because before you had the need, amen, God had the answer. And God in his sovereign grace, amen, has called us together. Let's not let this moment pass us by. Let's not let this hour, amen, just be another service. Amen. If you've got a need, God's got an answer. If you've got a question, God's got an answer. If you've got a sickness, God's got a healing. If you've got a bondage, he's got the deliverance. Amen. The Bible said you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And let me say this. The truth is not a book, and the truth is not a picture. Amen. The truth is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And if you ever meet Jesus, you'll talk different. You'll walk different. You'll live different. You'll see different. If you ever see him in the power of who he really is, it'll change you not from winter camp to summer camp. It'll change you from time into eternity. It'll change you from mortal into immortality. It'll change you from corruption into incorruption. I'm talking about a real change that comes by truth. You shall know the truth. Glory to God. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Oh, something in us. Amen. Something is in us tonight. Amen. Do you feel that? It's a call. It's a call. It's a pull. There's something in you calling to do right. Well, the devil's in trouble here this weekend. There's something in you calling to do right. He said, see, if God in his mercy has the mother before the baby is born, it's craving some vitamin. And the mother's word speaks forth. Dad, I want cantaloupe or watermelon. I want something other. Why, he'll do everything he can, amen, to get that because he knows he wants his child to be born as perfect as it can be. Amen. And he'll do everything that he is able to do to get it. The prophet said if she wakes up in the middle of the night and says, Dad, I want cantaloupe or Dad, I want watermelon. I'll just share it with you by God's grace in August. Amen. I'm going to be a daddy. (laughs) Pretty excited about that. Amen. 
the other day, the other day I was walking through Walmart getting a few things. I was, I was actually in the sporting goods section, in the hunting and fishing section. I was looking for a few things, and I get a text from my wife. She says, pick up some Lucky Charms. I'm thinking, what do we need Lucky Charms for? I don't need them. I don't like them. She said, I'm craving them. Hey, Amen. Now watch this. I'm a human in a store. I got to go get it. I got to find it. There's a possibility they could be out of it. I could have to go to 10 different stores. Amen. Under a wish, hoping I can find it. Amen. But let me tell you something. Our God is not a human. Our God is not a, he's not a God that he's got to go find it. My prophet said, if there's something in you calling to do right, he said, God is a creator. Glory to God. If there's a desire in your heart, God is a creator. He don't have to go find it. He don't have to go walk the stores of some supermarket. He's in this building tonight under the anointing of a third pull anointing with the power of creation. Listen, he can speak your healing into existence right here. He can speak your miracle into existence right here. If you're a real word-born child, you will say, Lord, amen, give me what I have need of. I want to be a word-born bride. He said something in his calls to live. He said something in his calls to do right. Amen. Then God will call somebody on the platform or the pulpit that will preach the absolute truth. Why? Amen. Because it shows if you're a real child of God, you begin to cry out. If you're a real child of God, you will begin to cry out. Amen. God, take it away from me. Circumcise me from this. Amen. Take these things away from me. If you're a real word child of God and the word corrects Hollywood fashion, something in your heart will say, God, take it away. If a television has crept its way into your house and the word calls that filthy thing out, something in your heart will cry out, God, take it away. Is there any word born children here that says, God, I want to be circumcised by the the Holy Ghost. I don't want to leave here carrying a bunch of excess nonsense from Laodicea. I want to leave here changed. Take it away, God. If it sucks the hide off of me, take this bad attitude away. Take this stubborn spirit away. Take this rebellious spirit away. Oh, if you're a real child of God, the prophet of God said a real child of God will accept chastening. Come on. A real child of God will accept chastening. Watch this in Hebrews 12. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. In other words, don't get up and get mad and leave the service. Well, preach, Brother Andrew. Thank you. I believe I will. Amen. Amen. When the word corrects you. Amen. Don't get mad at Brother Tom. Get mad at Brother Michael. Get mad at Brother Bisco. Well, amen. No. Amen. If you're a real word-born child, you want the word to correct you. Amen. Nor faint when thou rebuked. For are you ready for this? For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if ye endure chastening, amen. God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, amen, we're of all you partakers. Then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have not had fathers, or we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily, for they verily for a few days, amen, chastened us after their own pleasure. Amen, but be, but, but he be for 
for our prophet, amen, for our prophet, amen, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Amen. So here he's showing you, amen, that a father out of the goodwill of his heart, amen, is correcting a child, amen, to see the child manifest the goodwill of the father's desire. Amen. But God is not, he is not chastising you or correcting you, amen, based upon the human wishes of a human father. He is, he is correcting you, amen, because he knew you before you was a sinner, you was a son, before you was disobedient, you was obedient in the mind of God, before the nature of the devil, well, I feel like preaching, before the nature of the devil ever connected itself to you through an adulterous parent Eve, there was a gene seed of God on the inside of your soul, come on church, we're not a part of this old dead generation, we are a part of the new generation, you know what the root word of generation is, gene, amen, and this generation didn't start with the genes of a preacher. It didn't start with the genes of your mama or your daddy. Amen. But this generation started with a gene seed of Almighty God. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Amen. But grievous. But nevertheless, afterward, somebody say afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You know what that word chastisement means? It means the whole training and education of children. I'm going a long ways if that's okay. Amen. The whole training and education of children. Amen. It also indicates the training and care of the body. I love this. It is instruction which aims at increasing virtue. It is instruction that the aim is to increase the virtue. See, then if a Holy Ghost filled preacher is preaching the word, he's not preaching out of prejudice. He's not preaching out of, well, I think I ought to go out there and strike something. He's preaching with a vision, with a goal, and that is to increase, amen, the virtue of the Holy Spirit in the church. The prophet said, here and now is set forth the love of God. He desired in love a family of his own, a family of sons, sons like himself. There be before him all the mankind is just one lump of clay, one of the same lump. He will now make vessels unto honor and dishonor. Amen. The choosing will be his own choosing. Then those chosen ones, amen, born of his spirit will be trained to be conformed to his image in their walk. Amen. Then we don't just want a temporary change this weekend. Amen. We want a change that if your parents aren't here and you go back home, they say, who are you? You're not the same boy that left for camp. Who are you? You're not the same girl. Amen that left for camp. You know why? Amen. Because the potter has returned to the church. The prophet said he reproves with all long suffering, gentleness and mercy and he chastens with nail scarred hands and sometimes, somebody shout sometimes sometimes the potter amen must take the vessel he is working on and thoroughly break it down. Amen. That's the hard part is people don't want to be thoroughly broken down. Amen. But if you're going to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, you're going to have to forfeit your rights. You're going to have to forfeit your ideas. You're going to have to yield to the spirit of the potter and say, Holy Ghost, if you got to break me down to bedrock, I don't want to leave here without the assurance. Amen. That if I go down, I'm coming up in the resurrection. I don't want to leave here with just an emotion. Come on, somebody. I don't want to leave here with just a sensation. I want to leave here with a seal that's on the inside of my soul. I'm not just sealed till August. I'm not just sealed till next winter camp. I'm sealed until the day of my redemption. Ain't hope 
You know what? When you're sealed, amen, the devil's sealed out and God is sealed in. I believe this weekend there's some young people. Come on, church. Amen. You know as well as I know you can cross the line between mercy and judgment and never return to mercy again. And we focus so much on the negative. But let's turn to the positive. If there's somebody, Brother Michael, who can cross between mercy and judgment, never to return to mercy again, then I believe there's somebody who can cross in the blessings of God, never to return to the things of the world again. I believe there's a young person that's here tonight that can cross the line. You can go all the way. You can step in the place where the devil can't get to you. Oh, sometimes, amen, that potter will thoroughly break you down. But he's only doing it in order that he may rebuild you exactly as he desires it. Then it may not be God's will for you to be the richest young man in the state of Washington. It may not be God's will for you to be the smartest girl to ever cross the stage in the college you're attending in Vancouver. It may not be God's will for you to pursue the career you're pursuing right now. Amen. But I'll tell you this much. My Bible says all things, amen, work together for the good. Amen. Them that love God. I'll tell you what you do when you get about 15, 16, 17, you got to go see a counselor, amen, to figure out a career path, a career choice but before they was a counselor my Bible says according to Isaiah 9 which come to the spirit of prophecy amen that Jesus would be a counselor amen he would be the perfect counselor if you're at a crossroads this weekend and don't know where to turn well extra extra read all about it you've got an appointment with the counselor of all counselors he will break down your motives he will break down your objectives he will turn you around come on Jonah he'll turn you around and put you back on the path that he ordained danger to go. You were not ordained for the path to tribulation. You were not... I can't teach for preaching. You are not ordained for the path. Amen. To be some Laodicean star. You was ordained. Amen. For the straight and narrow path. But at the end of it, you're going to find life under godliness. You're going to find eternal joy. I'm talking about this weekend. You can receive a joy that the world didn't give you. You can receive a shout that the world didn't give you. You can receive a high that no smoking dope or no popping pills could give you. I'm talking about somebody here this weekend can be thoroughly broke down by the hand of the potter and changed forever. Well, somebody give him some praise. Somebody welcome the potter in. Somebody welcome the transformer. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Break us down, Lord. Take away everything that's unlike you. Oh, look at Jonah. The Bible says amen, that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Amen. To go to Nineveh, the great city, and to cry out against it. Amen. And notice this, for their wickedness has come up before me. But what did Jonah do? He rose up and fled to Tarsus. Amen. Notice this, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with him unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Brother Bram takes a text from that called a man running from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Do you realize something? Amen. Jonah was a minor prophet of the Bible. The prophet said, and here we find an example of all of us. Oh my. Here we find an example of all of us. Amen. From the amen from the eldest to the youngest. Amen. Brother Bram didn't leave out preachers. He didn't leave out deacons. He didn't leave out song leaders. He said, here we find an example of all of us. Every one of us, we always are running from something. 
Well, we might as well have church, hadn't we? Amen. Where everyone always running from something. He said we find, amen, we run from responsibilities. Let's say this together. We run from responsibilities. Amen. We run from responsibilities. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't. Yes, you do. A prophet said you did. So just go ahead and say amen. Let's get through it, okay? We ever want Andrew Glover, Tom Ray, Michael Ray, amen, Murph, whoever. We everyone at some point or another have run from responsibilities because we're all prone to do that. We're more prone to run than we are to stand and face it out. It's a whole lot easier, amen, to back up and bend a knee and take off running like Jonah did. Amen. But my Bible says, amen, that Jonah was commissioned of God. He was predestinated of God. Then there was nothing to hold. Let me just cut to the chase and say it. Jonah could run, but he couldn't hide. Come on, young people. You can run, but you can't hide. David said, though I make my bed in the belly of hell, he is there. Though I hide in the mountains, he is there. Come on, you can run to the smartest education seminary you can find. But if there's a seed in you, amen, you're going to come home. You can run to the bars. You can run to the honky-tonks. You forgot I'm up north. That's a, you can run to the dance floor. Amen. And you can run and run and run. But if your name is on the Lamb's Book of Life, Joni, you might as well throw up your hands and you might as well surrender. Amen. Because you're coming home. Ain't that right, buddy? Amen. You can run, but you can't hide. Amen. I'll tell you this. You may be sitting here tonight with a loved one that's running. Amen. But let me remind you, they're not running. There is a hook called predestination that's on the inside of them. They can run and they can run and they can run. But if their name is on the Lamb's Book of Life, they're going to turn around and come back home. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach the message that says all prodigals are coming back home. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how far they've gone. I don't care how deep in sin they've gone. If their name is on the Lamb's Book of Life, they're coming back home and there ain't enough devils in hell, amen, or sicknesses or tormenting spirits to stop God from bringing his children to their position. Well, we might as well slap that devil in the face and show him the exit door. They're coming home. You don't like that devil? I'm going to say it again. They're coming home. You don't like that? I'm going to go ahead and kill the fatted calf. I'm going to bring forth the best robe. I'm going to shout because my son, which was dead, has been found. They're coming home. They're coming home. Well, Brother Andrew, they left the message. If there's a seed in there, they're coming home. My God is bigger than any question against this message. I'll shout that from the port, from the house of the White House steps. My God is bigger than any question of this message. They got a responsibility. Come on now. They're running from it. And you sitting here tonight, we're running from it at one time or another. We were all running from our responsibility. Look at what the word responsibility means. It means the state or the fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone. It is a thing that one is required to do as part of a job, a role, or a legal obligation. It is a moral obligation to behave correctly toward or in respect of. The prophet of God said everybody has got to face a certain responsibility. Can you say amen? If you're going to get married, you got to face the responsibility of marriage. He said if you're going to be a wife and a mother, you've got to face the responsibility of raising children. He said then you've got to face the responsibility of educating your children. See, you've got a responsibility of feeding them and clothing them. Listen, everything is a responsibility. Everything 
is a responsibility. When the responsibilities face us, amen, to shirk from them. That's what it says. He says, when the responsibilities face us, we shirk from them. This is hard to say, but it, it's true. The ministers many times shirk a responsibility for standing for the true word of God. When they're confronted with it, they'll shirk that responsibility. When the truth of the word of God is brought face to face with we human beings, we are prone to shirk back until the last resource. See, then tonight, friends, we have a responsibility to truth. And truth is God's word, right? You say, Brother Andrew, we got to be responsible. Is God responsible? The prophet said God is responsible to his word. Amen. As I thought on my ways, 1959, the same God that wrote the word still lives and holds you responsible to it. Amen. Then it's not a pastor, amen, holding you responsible to the word. It is the God who wrote the word holding you responsible to that word. The token, he says, we are responsible to him, not to a church. We are responsible to God and to his word and God is the word the Bible said he was we are responsible to that amen then let me let me just say it like this maybe some of you young men are sitting here tonight and you're already having a hard time facing up to responsibility let me say this it's not going to get easier come on Amen, I got one hand on that one. It's not going to get easier. Amen, the, as Brother Bram said like this, Brother said today, he said, the older I got, the more responsibility came upon my life. Amen, you said, Brother Andrew, well, I'm just a young man, so I just, amen, I want to get married, and I want to have a family, and I want to have a home, and I want to have a car, and you can't even take the trash out. Well, it's can't. We might as well clean house on the first night, hadn't we? Come on. Amen. Amen. Can't even cut a video off, a video game off long enough to do something around the house. Amen. Amen. There's going to be more responsibility when you get married. <laughs> Free of charge. If you don't believe it, look in Exodus 12. Amen. Whose responsibility was it to take the blood and apply it to the door? It wasn't mama's responsibility. Amen. I just found it, so I'm going to preach on it right there for a second. Amen. I think we need men to be men again. I think we need young men to grow up and be real men. I think we need ladies to be able to stay in their place without having to try to be the head of our households because a bunch of weak down men can't even stand up and lead their families in prayer no more. Well, it's the truth anyhow. Amen. Come on, somebody. I know it's an age of perversion where they say men follow women and men can't be men. I know they've mixed up all the roles, but I defy that in the name of Jesus Christ. It wasn't so from the beginning. Young men today must recognize there's a responsibility. Now, do you realize what two elements are controlling the generation we're living in today? Those two elements are the elements of excuses and responsibility. Now, I want you to catch something here. Excuses and responsibility. I want you to catch this. You realize excuses are given. They're not hard to get. They're not hard to find. As a matter of fact, you can make them up in about two or three seconds. Amen. Excuses are real easy. Excuses are given. They're handed out, Brother Murphy. Amen. You can, I remember in high school, I had a had a teacher, bless her heart. Amen. She was an elderly sister. She was at Christian school. And she'd, you'd come in late and she'd, you'd, you'd have a, a tardy slip in your hand. She'd walk in and you'd lay down on her desk and she'd say, what's your dressed up lie this morning? And you'd say, well, it's an excuse slip. She said, no, it's a dressed up lie. Well, she's pretty straightforward. Excuses are given, but watch this. Responsibility is taken. 
Oh my, responsibility. You got to rise up and take responsibility. You can sit back and sleep through church and come up with excuses, but if you're going to take responsibility, you're going to have to break out of that slothfulness. You're going to have to break out of that layout of sin, laziness. If you're going to take responsibility of the position that God is calling you to, amen, excuses is not going to cut it. You remember in the book of Luke, the 14th chapter, that there was a parable of a man who, who made a great supper and he bid many to come. Remember that? And what does the Bible say the Bible says they all got together don't notice this they couldn't all get together to come to the supper but they could all get together to make excuses on why they couldn't come oh God that just come fresh somebody write that down they couldn't all get together to be there but they could all come in one consent to make excuse on why they couldn't and the prophet of God said man has always tried to make excuses not to receive God's word of his invitation they made excuses in the days of Moses they made excuses in the days of Elijah they made excuses in the days of Christ he said and they make excuses today in other words what they did brother Tom was they excused themselves from the spiritual feast to the Lord. Amen. In other words, the prophet of God said like this. He said what Jesus was trying to get them to see was that their excuses had killed the prophets. Do you realize your excuses will kill an atmosphere? Well, we might as well preach on the first night. Amen. Amen. Your excuses will destroy a family. Your excuses will destroy a marriage. Well, it's the truth anyhow. Amen. I'll tell you what. A child does. A child gives excuses, but a man takes responsibility. Oh, preach, preacher. Thank you. I believe I will. Amen. I'm preaching to you, young men. A child comes up with excuses, but a man takes responsibility. That's why Paul said, when I was a child, amen, I, I spake as a child. Amen. I stood as a child. I thought as a child but when I become a man I put away childish things that same prophet amen or that same word says it like this we now have the power to become the sons of God see there is a power in this message to bring you from just being a church member to bring you from just being a pew occupier into being a manifested amen son of God with authority over every devil oh there's a great journey and a great battle ahead for the church he says I believe we have been children long enough. I know you're 15, 16, 18 years old and I'll tell you why I don't take that excuse. <laughs> can, can I preach? Well, Brother Murphy, the kids are too young to understand the message. They're too young to understand the seventh seal and the third pull. Amen. Amen. We got young kids that can build computers. Don't tell me they can't understand the revelation of this message. They can build websites. And, oh, God. Well, I'm just being myself. Can I preach? Hey, hey, they can do everything, and then it comes to the message, and we got to stay shallow. That's why they never get no power in their lives to overcome, because Pentecost died, brother, but everything that was good came into the bride. And there is a strength in this message to turn from being a baby. Amen. Oh, God. Carrying a pacifier and a diaper bag to being a soldier. Well, Brother Andrew, what are you saying? I'm saying what the prophet said. He said God is going to turn his church into manhood now. And we played and frolicked as children, but now we're going to put away childish things and we're going to take on manhood. We're going to take on maturity. Amen. Notice this. A child doesn't think about responsibility like a man does. 
Okay, you want an example? Amen. I know I'm slowing down here for a second, but it's for a reason, so stay with me, okay? You want an example? A child wakes up on Monday morning, sore throat, stuffy nose, headache. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Don't even repeat those words these days. <laughs> used to could do that. You know, used to just wake up with a common cold, you know? Amen. Amen. And get up and go go carrying down the, the hallway. Mom, I can't go to school today. I don't feel like going to school. Well, go back in there and go to bed. Amen. Lay down and, and, and sleep, sleep the, coma, the, the COVID away. That's what we call used to be called common cold, but just go in there and sleep it away. Amen. And you know what? He, he, he may miss a test at school. He may miss a few workbooks, but he's not got that much responsibility. But a man wakes up, and he don't feel like going to church. He don't feel like raising his hands. He got a stuffy nose and a, and a, and a headache, and he don't feel like going to work, but he's got responsibility. There's a, there's a wife that's got to be fed, and there's babies that's got to be clothed. Is this okay? There's a house that's got to be financed for. Amen. And a man will exceed the responsibility, and he will push through it. Amen. And that's what God is looking for. He's had enough babies around this message that every little trouble that comes up, we're ready to turn around and quit. I'm asking you this weekend, is there anybody ready to to go from childish, amen, to being men and women of God. Is there anybody ready to step into your position and say, brother, brother, sister, I'm tired of just being a child. I'm tired of playing church. Brother Tom, I want to be a real born-again Christian. Brother Michael, if you can count on anybody to pray, you can count on me. If you can count on anybody to sing, come on, church. This message didn't come to make intellectual church members. It come to make manifested, adapted sons of God with power in their lives. It's time to walk a straight line. It's time to take responsibility. Let me say this. You cannot remain neutral. You cannot remain neutral. The hours of remaining neutral is now over. You've got to take responsibility or shirk away from it. Now, they will say, well, Brother Andrew, what are you saying? I'm saying that the Holy Ghost has come here to deal with hearts and lives. I'm saying this weekend, as David said, amen, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. See, when God begins to deal with a human heart, somebody help me preach now, nothing will hinder him. Amen. Come on now. Brother Bram said, if God begins to deal with a human heart and begins to pulsate in there that it's the truth and you find it to be the truth, then there's nothing. Somebody shout nothing. There's nothing going to keep you from Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, what is that pulsation? That pulsation is the Holy Spirit. Then a prophet said it like this, work on that pulsation. Uh, that's why I say don't sleep in church. Amen. Don't fold your arms and say, well, Preacher, I've heard these quotes. And, amen. No. Amen. Work on the pulsation. The prophet said, amen, that spare moment like Joshua did, like Mary Magdalene, all those. They just that moment when something is revealed to you, grab it and hold on to it in the spare of the moment. Do you realize in Judges 3 there was a man named Shamgar? Do you realize what Shamgar done? Shamgar worked on the pulsation. Amen. Shamgar had got sick and tired of winter camp after summer camp after winter camp after summer camp. He had gotten sick and tired of going to the altar and praying and crying a few tears and going back home and living the same old kind of life. And Shamgar said, this year's a different year. Amen. This year there's going to be a change. I prophesy by the word. This year there's going to be a change. This year there's going to be a real change. 
Uh, Brother Andrew, what are you saying? I'm saying Shamgar was sitting in his house. And he said, this year, I'm on now. Don't get comfortable, okay, on the first night. You may be sitting there thinking, well, this year the Philistines ain't going to come. Brother Tommy and Shamgar no more and said it. And Brother Bram said he heard tromp, amen, tromp after tromp. He said, and he looked out his window, and he said, here comes the Philistines. All 600 of them come walking towards Shamgar. The prophet of God said, here is what puts Shamgar in action. Shamgar didn't go have a 40-day prayer meeting and fast. Here's what happened. He looked at the face of his wife face was falling in and his kid's clothes was falling off and the prophet said Shamgar said that was enough that was enough amen for Shamgar to go into action he didn't have 1100 tapes on the wall he didn't have 1100 books and 66 books in one bible but he found an old ox gold and he jumped out the window and he said you come to me with your spears and your swords but here's what I come to you with I come to you with the message of the hour Come on now. You imagine old Shamgar ran out there at the time and jumped out the window. His wife looked over and said, we ain't never seen him act like this in church before. Shamgar, you're getting Pentecostal. You're getting, you're, you're getting emotional. I imagine, Brother Tom, when Shamgar jumped out there, he started singing something like this. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I imagine he began to dance in the spirit. And them old Philistines come up there and said, Shamgar, what did you raise for us this year? Oh, come on, Cloverdale Bible Way Winter Camp. What did you raise for us these past two years? We've come to steal your victory. We've come to steal your revival. We've come to quench the spirit. Shamgar said, listen, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. Shamgar said, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. He said, here is the line in the sand. He said, now listen, there'll be nothing until you start something. And let's just go ahead and put hell on notice tonight. There will be nothing until hell starts something. But the very minute hell starts something, they best not expect us to just back up and run like a bunch of babies carrying diaper bags. We're soldiers. We've moved from childish frolicking to spiritual adopted manhood. Come on now. Amen. Shamgar said, here's the line in the sand. Amen. That big old Philistine walked over there and he said, Shamgar, what are you going to do? He said, the very minute that you step your big toe, the, the, the very minute you step a quarter of the inch of your big toe over that line, it's on. That old Philistine went up there and said, watch me. And he stepped back. Shamgar said, you didn't come on my inheritance. He walked up there and said, watch me. Shamgar said, you didn't step on my revival. Amen. He was tempting Shamgar, but Shamgar was working on a pulsation. He was working on a revelation that the God he was serving said, Thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And Shamgar watched him. And the very minute he stepped over on Friday night, about 8.35, Shamgar grabbed an ox code and he said, Enough is enough. And he began to sing, I'm one of them. And before long, he went from singing it, amen, to being one of them. I ask you tonight, is there any Shamgars in the house of God? Is there any Shamgars here that says, Enough is enough? Enough. enough with this pornography. Enough with this lust. Enough with this passion. Enough with this cold, lukewarm feeling. I come to you in the name of the Lord on the pulsation of faith to drive out every devil. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Shamgar. Jump out the window. Jump out the window. It's your season. Don't shirk the responsibility. Take it. Take it. Take it right now, sis. Take that ox gold. Come on, young man. Take it right now. Take it, brother. You can slay every devil. Oh, God. I'm t- 
I got a nice message here if I ever get to it. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Come on, Shamgar, act on the pulsation. Over there, I'm waiting on the right moment. Every moment is the right moment. This ain't a Pentecostalism meeting. This is a word-based meeting. And the word says, and the word says, and the word says, we don't have to wait for the music to get right. We don't have to wait for our favorite singer to sing our favorite song. At the very minute that the word of God strikes your soul, you can jump out and receive it. You imagine all them big old devils down in hell, all them Philistines down there. You imagine head Philistine is waiting to hear back from 600 Philistines. And all of a sudden, one Philistine come in there and said, we've been looking on the radar. He said, it ain't looking too good up at Shamgar's house. He said, what do you mean, sir? He said, they're, they're laying all across that campground. They're laying all across them dorms. They're laying all across that chapel. Amen. We don't even know. They, they went in the cafeteria and something struck them. And they drew out their swords. Laid another. I think what? Amen. You didn't just order a bucket, amen, to haul all this stuff off. You ordered a bucket to haul all these devils out of here this weekend. Because we ain't leaving here with one Philistine in our lives. We ain't leaving here with one Goliath having control over our families, having control over our emotions. We are the freeborn children of the living God who has been born from the Jerusalem above. We got a right to fight for our inheritance. What's going on up there? All I know is, all we can see on the radar is they're falling one by one by one. All of a sudden, here comes one little one little Philistine in there, and his knees are knocking. He says, what do you got to say? He said, how many Philistines did you send up there, sir? He said, I sent 600 of my best Philistines to Bible Way Winter Camp 2022. He said, how many did Shamgar kill? Did he kill 100? That guard said, higher. He said, did he kill 350? He said, higher. He said, did he kill 450? Higher. He said, did he kill 500? Higher. You mean he killed 550? Higher. You mean he killed 560? Higher. You mean he killed 595? Higher. You mean he killed 598? Surely he left one living. Surely he left one. That reporter said, sir, he got them all. Well, I ring a report here tonight. We claim this meeting in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to slay every sin. We're going to slay every devil. We're going to kill every Philistine. There's a pulsation of faith in the church. God is desiring us, amen, to deal with these things. I'm on Shamgar could run as long as he wanted to, but there come a time he had to be a man. Come on, young people. There's going to have to come a time you're going to be, be an adult, a spiritual adult, and face this devil head on. What are you saying? I'm saying God is desiring to deal with our lives, but he's also desiring us, amen, to deal with things that don't belong in our lives. You know what that word to deal with means? Can I, can I say it to you like this? To deal with it means to take measures. Is this Okay concerning, amen, someone or something, especially with the intention of making something right. Oh, God. To deal with something, the intention of dealing with it is to make something right, to confront an issue, and to reach a resolve. Amen. Now, in the year of 2010, amen, it probably seems like a long time ago, but it actually happened, and we were alive for it, some of us were. In the year of 2010, there was a popular cliche that was formed. It was this. You know what it was? It said, just deal with it. Brother Silas, that, that, was, the, that was the phrase, just deal with it. So what they done was they totally changed, amen, the people's view of how to deal with something. 
something. The phrase to deal with it is used as a bold, self-assured declaration, ordering someone to put up with something that they may object to or they make do with a challenging but ultimately manageable situation. So instead of handling it or facing it or working out a situation, people just say, deal with it, which actually what they're saying is put up with it. Just deal with it. Just put up with it. You don't like that in your life? Just deal with it. Amen. But but do you realize why those things are? It's because the world we live in says you just have to learn how to deal with things. You've got to learn how to put up with things. Now, now I could take a sword here for a second. I think I'm going to. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take my liberty. Amen. 30, 40 years ago, amen, there was a war cry against homosexuality. Amen. But now it's okay. You know why? Amen. Because the world has dulled down the senses of the people and said just deal with it. Amen. I'll tell you this, the condition of our children is in the condition they're in because a bunch of panty-wasted, amen, backboneless educators didn't have the courage, amen, to teach what was in the Bible. Now, come on, somebody. The prophet said, I got down here to a museum the other day. He said, I almost got thrown out. He said, such Tommy Rod I saw. He said, we put it up. He said, what we put up with to be taught in our schools. Why don't the people in the name of high heaven stand up and reject that? Amen. Mercy, it's a disgrace. Amen. No wonder we've hatched out three or 13 million infidels in the last two years is because such stuff as that. So in other words, young people, they're preying on your little tender minds. They're preying on you while you're in prison. Amen. Amen. When you're impressionable, when you get older, you'll be more acceptance of it. But let me say this. I didn't come from Ahab. I come from Elijah. I don't know how to be acceptable of something that God don't tolerate. Well, I'll just go ahead and preach for a second. Is that okay? Let's just dig our heels in and dig through this. I'll tell you what's happened. Amen. The world's approach to things has become the church's approach. The way the world looks at it is the way the church looks at it. That's why to preach against women cutting their hair is unpopular. Amen. Because the world don't say it's wrong. Amen. But I'll say what a prophet said. He said it's wrong. It's an abomination. Brother said the world. Is this Okay. The world has come into the church in the name of denomination, in the name of some creed, and we're religious in all this, but yet it denies the resurrecting power of Christ to vindicate his word that is prophesied for this day. Let me say this. The religious world has dismissed divine healing. So then they teach you that you got to learn to put up with your sicknesses or you got to manage them. That is the world's approach. But let me tell you what a vindicated word says. The word says, I am the Lord that healeth all of thy diseases, then you don't have to put up with one disease. You don't have to put up with juvenile diabetes. You don't have to put up with ulcers. You don't have to put up with anxiety. Come on, somebody. I know they say depression now. It's clinically depression, but I curse that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. We didn't come here to put up with these devils. We come here to destroy these devils. We come here to let hell know we ain't gone nowhere. We're still believing. We're still preaching. We're still praying. We're still standing where the word stood. Somebody shout, God is still a healer. Oh, shout it like a believer. God is still a healer. Is there any adults that believes God is a healer? Is there any preachers that believes God is a healer? Is there any young people that believes God is a healer? Then right now there's not one sickness that is safe in the house of God. There's a pulsation of faith, and it's whirling through this building right here, right now. Well, Brother Andrew, we just got to live with our sicknesses. I say the Bible still says lay hands on the sick. 
and they shall recover. <laughs> Amen. The religious world says that God has lost his power to deliver. So what they teach you is you got to learn up to, you got to learn to put up with them habits. You can't overcome pornography, so just learn to manage it. Ultimately, it's a manageable situation. It is a devil from the pits of hell. I don't care what anybody says. It'll destroy your virtues. It'll destroy your marriage. Come on, I didn't come to play tonight. I come to preach. It'll destroy your life. But there is a word here, amen, that says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. My Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, church. There's a sword, and it's a flaming sword, and it's cutting through the house of God right now. Oh, I know that devil's pushing against me right now, but let me tell you something, devil. I will push back. That old devil right now says, Mama don't know about it, and Daddy don't know about it. Amen, but let me tell you this. God knows about it, and God is here. Amen, to bring a faith in you, to quit trying to put up with it. It's already got your own nerve medicine. It's already got you where you can't fellowship. Come on, somebody. Come on now. That old devil's done silence to amen when a preacher used to preach against the sin and habit you used to could say amen amen but now because it's found residency in your life you can't say amen but won't you break that devil's power tonight and say I hear the word and this word has come amen to circumcise my life and to change me I don't care if it exposes everything about me I want to leave here changed well I'll tell you what they've done they've replaced the power of God with psychology Come on now. And that psychology devil has done what the God of this evil age has done. Hath blinded the minds of them that which believe not. Notice this. The prophet said, watch now. He said, see, he keeps you from seeing the true revelation. That old habit is keeping you from seeing the true revelation. You're free. Watch him now. And faith in God's word being revealed and vindicated today by his schools, his libraries, his literature, his hospitals. See, he is now, Brother Tom, this is a mouthful. He is now interpreting it like he did to Pharaoh, trying to keep you from seeing the meaning of the vindicated word of his promised age in the evening light, vindicated and proved. He says anything so that you won't look at that and see that it's Jesus Christ. Amen. See, he does not want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened in the generation that you're living in. Amen. The world, come on now, the world is in the condition it's in because there was no strength to withstand the demons that was invading the nation. The prophet said, what are these? They are enticing spirits. Which, what is enticing spirits? It is demonology. The prophet said, you hear so much about demons of these days, but you hear so little about how to get rid of it. We are all well aware that there's devils. Anybody here doubt that? There's devils, right? Amen. But the next thing is how to get rid of the thing. We know there's a devil. We know he's a real devil. Amen. And now they're having, by the grace of God, he said, much opportunity, amen, to deal with these things called demons and meeting them at the platform and in daily walks. He said, see, many people say there is no such thing as the devil. They say the devil's a just simply a thought. The Holy Spirit is a good thought and the devil is a bad thought. He said, see, demons are persons and they come in many ways. Then may I say this tonight. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Are you still with me? 
Can I have a few more minutes? We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. The Bible says that we are to overcome him. Now, what does overcome mean? The prophet said overcome means to recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. See, there's a real devil. He's just as real as you or anybody. He's a real devil. Now, notice this. Then the same time that you recognize him and know that he's a devil and know that he's against you, then to overcome, you must recognize that the God in you, come on church, the God in you is greater and is mightier than he that is the one that's in you has already overcome him. And by his grace, you are more than a match for him. Come on church, don't... Don't leave that out in the future. Bring it here to the past. You are here to the present. You are more than a match for the devil. Well, maybe by Saturday night, Brother Andrew, I will be right now, right here, this moment, this second. You are more than a match for the devil. What are you saying? I'm saying in Numbers 33, amen, I need some more in my ear. In Numbers 33, the Bible says that God talks to Moses concerning. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this together here, okay? God talks to Moses concerning Israel possessing or passing over into Canaan land, which was the promised land. Now, many people say, well, Canaan land is the millennium. He said, no, Canaan land represents the age of the overcomer. He said, because in Canaan, they killed and they burned and they took cities. See, what does Canaan represent? Canaan represents the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Now, notice the order. Amen. God talks to Moses, right? Then Moses comes and tells Israel what God told him to tell them to do when they get over in the promised land. Now watch this. If you got your Bibles, look at Numbers 33:52. In Numbers 33:52, it's a powerful verse. The Bible says, "Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. Now, are you, are you catching this word here? It's a word called destroy. <laughs> it's a word called destroy. In other words, you shall drive out. You shall drive out. That word drive out means dispossess. It means disinherit. It means impoverish. It means to come to poverty, to be poor, to devour, to bring to ruin. Notice this. The word picture says, you shall destroy all their pictures. That word pictures is imagination or image. You shall pluck down or destroy all their molten images. Amen. Now notice one of the definitions of the word molten is web. Just, just free of charge there. <laughs> One of, the, one of the definitions is the word web. It means something to weave, something to pull you into. Notice this, and you shall quite pluck down, amen, all of their high places. See, that word pluck means to exterminate. It means to be annihilated. Amen. In other words, God gave them the land. How many agrees that God gave them the land? But the Bible said he instructs them when you go in the land, dispossess the land. In other words, we have to dispossess in order to possess. See, so what God was telling Israel is there are some things in there that you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to face them. Now, now, now. Maybe, maybe the children of Israel heard heard Moses preach that morning, and maybe Moses got done preaching this message, and they said, "Well, Moses, don't you think that's a little extreme? Don't you think that's a little too much?" Or, or maybe, maybe Brother Tommy Eve's interpreter, Amen, come around to the children of Israel and said, "Look, Amen, surely when you cross in the land, you can all live peaceably together. Surely." you can live with the unbelievers and you can fellowship with the, un the make-believe and, and surely when you get over there everything will just be okay but notice what they said here ye shall drive it out 
Come on now. You're not going to go in there and make deals with the devil. You're going to go in there and face that devil. And you're going to drive him out. Amen. Notice what verse 55 says though. Are you with me? But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Look at what this word remain means. To be left over. To preserve alive. To show preeminence. In other words, what you let remain will take preeminence. What you what you give a little bit of room to. Let me say it like this. What you give a... I got to be careful here because I know I've got different metric systems. What you give an inch, amen, will take a foot. And when it takes a foot, it'll take ten. See, the devil will not leave you alone. That word vex means to be bound up. Now, here's where I want to close, okay? That word vex means to be bound up. It means to be tied up. It means to be cramped. It means to be in strength. It means to be pressed hard upon, to show hostility towards, to treat within an enmity. Now, I want you to get something. Israel has just now come out under Moses' message. They have left Egypt, and they're on their way to the promised land. And the Bible said that Israel was vexed in Egypt. And here they come to the promised land. Let me ask you a question. Why would they come out of Egypt, a land that wasn't theirs, and come to the promised land and put up with things they could destroy? Why would they come out from under the taskmasters, come over under, amen, the, in, in the promised land and be vexed in their own land? In Egypt, they had to put up with vexers and harassers, amen, but in Canaan, the new land, they could deal with them and they could destroy their vexers. They could destroy their harassers. Old church of the living God, God by a message has called us out of Laodicea. If we was in Laodicea tonight, we would have to put up with Laodicea, but we've been called out of Laodicea by a bright age message. We are not coming to new land. Amen. To put up with the devil. Is there anybody here tonight that says, devil, it's the last day you've dwelt in my land. It's the last day you've dwelt in my life. As of today, I'm serving you eviction notice. It's over. Come on now. Amen, Brother Tom. In Egypt, they couldn't praise God. Why would they come to Canaan? In Egypt, the Amalekites could tell them, don't praise God. Now they come to Canaan, and them same old Amalekites says, you can't praise God. You know what? This time is different. This time they got a sword. And when that... When that Amalekite raises up his voice, they will deal with him. They will destroy him. Notice this in closing. I'm trying to close. In Joshua 6, the Bible says these words. The Bible says, go in and utterly destroy all that was in the city by the edge of the sword. He said, the same God made the promise to Israel has made it to you. He ain't going to come and just push it down to you. You're going to have to take it. You're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to sharpen your sword. You have to step out of childish ideas. You're going to have to take it. And as soon as you claim it, notice this, right here tonight, as soon as you claim it, there will be an old Amorite that will stand there and say you can't have it. Here's a prophet instructions. Kick him out of the way. Come on, church. Anybody got a foot? It's time to kick the devil. It's time to kick him out. He's dwelt in the house of God long enough. Come on now. Right now, that old Amorite is telling you this is emotion. Kick him out. Right now, that old Amorite is telling you you can't have the Holy Ghost. Kick him out. Right now, that Amorite is telling you the things you've been involved in, you can never receive forgiveness from. Kick him out. He's a liar in the house of God. 
He has no rights. We are the freeborn children of God. Now, now here's where it gets tricky, okay? Here's where it gets tricky. You start walking through the land. And footsteps means possession, right? And you start seeing things that you want to get a hold of. But there's an old ammo right there, and he's about six foot eight, about 150, about, well, I'll say 100, probably about 400 pounds. Big old, big old shackled chest, uh, shackle, uh, big old uh, chest, uh, shield on his chest. That's what I'm trying to get. Y'all's preaching me out, but I'm trying to close. He's standing there. He's a big old overgrown giant. He ain't hard to kill. He ain't hard to kick out of the way. You draw your sword and say, I've been waiting on you, big boy. Let's go to war. Come on. I've been looking for a fight. But here's where it gets tricky is when you hear a baby crying over in the corner of the land, and it's a baby Amorite. And it looks real pretty, and it looks real innocent, and it's just a little baby. And the prophet of God said, the first thing you'll say is, well, your mammy says he's awful cute, but he will grow up and be like his daddy. Come on, church. You can't take that Amorite into the land and try to, rehear, uh, try to rehab him and reform his nature. He is an Amorite by nature. He may be innocent right now, but in a few years, he'll be that Amorite that is hung over your life forever. Oh, but there is a power in the house of God that says, I'm going to deal with it in its infancy before I face it in its maturity. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Amen. Right now's the time to do it. Right now's the time to deal with that thing in its infancy before it moves to maturity. Come on now. Wake up. I'm a, I feel some leadership here right here. Right now, it's time to deal with it. You've been putting it off, and you've been, put, you've been petting it, and you've been pumping it around, and well, it's okay. It's not okay. It's a devil. It's an Amorite. You've got to deal with it. The prophet said, destroy your enemy before your enemy destroys you. Oh, Brother Andrew, it's just a spirit. Spirits are real. What are you doing, preacher? What, 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 why, why are you slowing down here? Because I want to drive that spirit back to hell where he comes from. Spirits are real. And I want to drive that lying spirit out here that says time changes spirits. Time don't change spirits. Time only matures spirits. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't agree with that. Okay, we'll take you a five-year-old boy or take you, take you a ten-year-old boy. It's got problems with girls, turns into a teenager, got problems chasing women, grows up and gets married, amen, steps out on his wife, chases around women all the time. He'll be a 70-year-old man sitting in a nursing home still flirting with the nurses. Come on, time don't change devils. The word is the only thing that will kill that devil. Come on now. Amen. I'm, I'm preaching to you right now because it's an excuse you've been carrying. Well, my mama had it and my daddy had it. Amen. Come on now. But you're anointed to break the curse. You're anointed to break the cycle. Come on, young man. You ain't got to carry that spirit of adultery into a message, just into a marriage, just because great-great-grandfather carried it and through the lines they've carried it. You're of a different gene. God have mercy. You're of a different generation. You have not come here. Come on, young people. You have not come here to continue the cycle. You have come here to break the cycle. You have come here, amen, to draw your sword and break the cycle. Well, Brother Andrew, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should deal with it right now. I'm just, I'm just 15 years old. I'm just 20 years old. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, what you don't deal with in one generation will move into the next. 
Come on now. What you don't deal with in one generation will move into the next. Amen. Right now, you're dealing with things that, that unsaved loved ones in your, in your, is this okay, Brother Tom? In your genealogy, they didn't deal with. Amen. But listen, friends, God has given you the opportunity and the time to deal with it. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't believe that it passes down from generation to generation. Well, I'd probably say your Grammy was a flapper. Your mammy was a coarse girl. He said, and that's the reason you're a striptease today. Well, Brother Andrew, it, oh, God, I've run out of time. Brother Andrew, it, 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 it don't really matter. It's just, a, it's just a little thing. Well, let me ask you this. How come the prophet of God steps out of the house and says to his wife, honey, don't tell him I'm here. Tell the lawyer I'm here. Tell him I've left. And he tells Sister Media to tell a white lie. Then he comes back in and has to face up to it. You say things don't travel by generations. The prophet of God said, then that afternoon I went to pray for a sick baby. And he said, before I left the house, the phone rang again. And little Joseph ran over and took a hold of the phone and said, Daddy, you want me to tell them you're not here? He said, do you see how sin corrupts? What a family that would finally be. Friends, you've got a choice tonight. You can either deal with it or you can continue to sweep it under the rug. You can, you, you can deal with it right here tonight. You can destroy the image. You can pluck down the high places. You can break the cycle. You were not born to carry on a cycle. Why, why, why are you so, Brother Andrew, why are you so burdened right here? Because I find it amazing that God would give Jezebel a space to repent, to deal with something. And she repented not. The prophet of God will say it like this. She stubbornly destroyed any and all who tried to help her repent. He said, now God kept raising up not only the messengers to each age, but he raised up some wonderful helpers. God certainly gave her opportunity and help to repent, but she is drunk. She has lost her senses in spiritual things. You realize tonight, friends, you destroy a spirit by destroying the root of it. I know, I know it's settling down here right now, and it's on purpose. The Bible says, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Where does a tree grow from? From the root. You know what a root of bitterness will do? It'll grow a life of bitterness. And then it'll grow into a marriage of bitterness. Then it'll grow into a family of bitterness. Oh, my. And until the root is destroyed, there's always a possibility of it springing back up. But I say this to you tonight. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. The prophet of God said, you can't baby devils. you got to let them know who's boss. We are boss now. Young man, you're boss right now. Young lady, you're a boss right now. Sister, you're a boss right now over every devil that's against you. You know why you're a boss? He said, because Jesus, our big brother of redemption, is here. Let our musicians come tonight. The prophet of God said, God said, utterly destroy the thing. 
He said, you're a baby and sissy around with a whole lot of things you ought to be destroying. Babying and sissying around with things we ought to be destroying. But Brother Andrew, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should worry about this. It's just, a, it's just an innocent little complex. It'll grow up and be like its daddy. Are, are you hearing me tonight? What I'm saying is it's time to deal with these things. It's time to deal with them. Somewhere or another, it's time to let the Holy Ghost grub out the roots. I'll get into it, Lord willing, tomorrow night. But you're not a bunch of old fighters. You're a new generation. Somewhere or another, you got to bury it. Somewhere or another, you got to bury that Amalekite. Somewhere or another, you got to kill that Amorite and bury that thing. You're a new generation. You're called to possess the promises. You don't have time to be fussing. You don't have time to be carrying things that you weren't even born to be involved in. Well, I, I pray this is okay. It's time to deal with it. It's time to kill that devil. It's time to kill that devil of division. It's time to kill that devil of disunity. It's time to kill that devil of nervousness. It's time to quit making excuses on why you can't overcome it. You'll make excuses till it overcomes you. Let us stand to our feet tonight. Can I tell you just how much God loves you? The Bible says that Joshua had told him to go in and utterly destroy all the land. Joshua 6, right? Joshua 10, Joshua is in a battle. And the Bible says that it was getting near the night time. So the preacher had preached a little bit too long. It was getting near the night time. And Joshua looks and says, listen, if we let the sun go down on these Philistines, if we let the sun go down on these Amorites, here's what's going to happen. They're going to go get together tonight. I'm preaching to you right now. I'm preaching to you right now. He said what they're going to do, he said when the, when, the, when the nighttime comes in and the sun goes down, what they'll do is they'll go gather themselves together and they'll come back tomorrow stronger than they were right now. He said because what happens is they put a plan together when the sun goes down. He said, and we can't afford to let these enemies that we've scattered go collect themselves somewhere and come up with another plan of attack. So the prophet of God said, Joshua, oh God. He said, Joshua stood there and said, what I need is more sunlight. He said, so Joshua squared his shoulders back and said sun stand still and moon hang over Agilon. He said and what happened was God obeyed the voice of a man. That's a powerful statement. He oh, Listen he was not obeying Joshua. He was obeying the voice of faith that was in Joshua. God oh, let me put it like this. God was taking heed. He was obligated to his word and when Joshua said sun stand still God stood behind Joshua's words and the prophet said the whole reason why he did that was to give his people a little bit more time in the battle to destroy that enemy. Well, friends, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you ain't been here in two years.
years for a winter camp. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, has told COVID to stand still and told the border to open up enough. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you're in a predestinated moment. God has ordained another moment, another time, another space of time to allow you to deal with these demons. I tell you right now, amen, don't let the devil run from you. Amen, you got him on the run right now. Don't say, well, devil, I'm going to go back to my room and think these things over and see if this really applies to me. He'll come back stronger tomorrow. But won't you square your shoulders back and say, Lord, give me a few more minutes in your presence. Give me a few more minutes of sunlight. Give me a few more minutes of grace to draw my sword and destroy these devils. Is there anybody here tonight believes you can destroy a devil that can never return? I know a God who can destroy the powers of depression. He can destroy the powers of sin. He is God tonight, friends. I'm telling you, you've been carrying it long enough. You've been carrying these things long enough. It's time to deal with it. It's time to deal with it. It's time to take heed. Oh, God. Don't let the devil sear your conscience with a hot iron. You're in a presence right now to destroy that devil. It's plagued your life long enough. It's plagued your mind long enough. It's plagued you long enough. How many believes this message? How many believes there's supernatural power in this word? How many believes there's healing? How many believes there's deliverance? Joy? Peace? Love? Long-suffering? Gentleness, kindness, patience? Miraculous power? Forgiveness? Justification? Sanctification? How many believes in this message is creation power? By the spoken word. How many believes in this message is the answer to the devil's question? How many believes in this message is rapture and faith? How many believes in this message is rapture and power? You believe that? You really believe that? Then why are you letting that devil beat you down? Why are you walking in the land of the revealed word and letting that devil have you all tore up? Tonight, tonight, you ought to tell that devil it's over. Is there anybody who won't let the devil hear you said across your lips, devil, it's over? Devil, it's over tonight. I've run and run and run and run and run, but tonight it stops. Tonight I'm turning from being a child and just playing church and turning into a man now. When I was a child, I spake as a child. Tonight I want to be what God wants me to be. Let's bow our hearts together tonight. How many believes you're a part of that new generation? Brother Bram said Moses had talked to him and led him out. And he said all these years in the journey, he said they come to the spot, they were still murmuring and they were still complaining. He said God got tired of their murmuring. He got tired of their complaining. He said, Moses, separate yourself. He said, all the old fighters died off. And Brother Ram said these words. He started a new generation. Can I speak to you tonight? You're a part of that new generation. You've not been called. You've not been called to carry the fusses and the fights. You've not been called to carry the burdens and the arguments and 
you've not been called to carry all the doctrinal differences and the fusses over this scripture and fusses over this quote and fusses over this point. You've not been called to carry that. You've been called, as the prophet of God said, to go into the full promise. You've been called to go into the full promise. He said, here we've been some 50 years later. And he said, there's still a group of people this side of the full promise. Friends, tonight is the night. Is there a Shamgar among us? Is there a Shamgar right here tonight that is ready to act on that pulsation of faith? I know it's the first night. I know there's getting late. But I believe there's a spirit of Joshua in the building tonight. That's saying, son, stand still. Time, hold still. I believe there's a God in this building. I believe the God of heaven and earth is in this building. God bless you, sis. I believe the God of heaven and earth is in this building right now. You may not recognize it, but what he's doing right now is he's creating a little bit of space for you. He's, he's created a little, a little moment in time right now for you to deal with that thing that you've been needing to deal with. You, you ain't been telling nobody about it. You've been hiding it. You've been putting it under passcodes. And you've, been, you've been trying to talk your way out of it. You've been trying to mind over matter and get out of it. You don't want mama to know and you don't want daddy to know and you don't want the preachers to know. Let me tell you something. God knows tonight. And God, rich in mercy, has sent a word in this meeting tonight. God bless you, young man. God has sent a word in this meeting tonight to drive that devil plumb away from your life, to expose him by the word. Amen. Come on, church. Your need is what's called these meetings together. Your need is what's called us together here. Amen. There's a word laying here. It's a word of circumcision. The Holy Ghost will circumcise the church. This altar is open tonight. There's already some here. Will there be more say, I know I've been needing to deal with some things. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I'm not going through the motions again. I'm not going to another altar. Listen, listen, tonight's the night to break the aisle, to break the cycle. Tonight's the night to break the cycle of going to the altar and getting up and going back the same way. And go. Tonight's the night to break that cycle. Tonight's the night to step into the creation power of Almighty God. He's ordained this moment. He's ordained this time. He's ordained these meetings. He's given you a space right now. You young men and young women, God has given you a space right now to deal with demons that are trying to destroy your future trying to destroy your health trying to destroy your mind oh come on church he's trying to do everything he can to destroy you but God right now has given you a moment he's given you a season right now to repent of that thing God bless you brother God bless you sis would there be more want to come tonight say Lord I'm not carrying this thing back to my dorm I'm not going to let the sun go down upon this devil I'm not going to let these demons that's been tormenting me for 5 and 10 and 12 years and 15 years and 18 years I'm not giving them a chance to go get another plan of attack I'm going to destroy them tonight I'm going to kill them tonight I'm going to pull down their pictures I'm going to destroy their molten images I'm going to pluck down their high places I'm going to break through that yoke because the anointing is in the building to do it amen amen he's here right now it's not an emotion it's not a sensation it's a power it's a power of the Holy Ghost it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ amen I believe right now there's some of you standing there it's making excuses of why you don't need to be up here you're making excuses of well I can deal with it and I can handle it and I can work it out amen I tell you tonight don't make any more excuses raise up like a man and take responsibility don't run from this devil face this devil tonight and overcome him in the name of Jesus Christ 
Overcome him tonight. Overcome him tonight. He's already overcome. He's already defeated. His power's already broken. His bite is already gone. He has no stinger. He don't even have the keys to his own house. You're sons and daughters of God. The revelation of the word is you're free. Then receive it tonight. Almighty God, we don't see all things, but we do see Jesus. And we see your presence settling down all across this building tonight, dear God. Father, as I think about the condition of our world, and I think Think about the condition of our nation and, and our and humanity, Lord. Father, they're so weak and have no strength and have no standards and have no they have no no ability to withstand anything. It's because the world has come in the church. But tonight, dear God, there's some young people, Lord, that's not gathering around a watered-down word. They're not gathering around a painted fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're not gathering around the painted fire. They're not gathering around a tradition. They're not gathering around a fable or a story. But Lord, they're gathering around the pillar of fire that has led them to this battle. And tonight, dear God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ for every one of my young brothers, Lord, every one of my young sisters here tonight, dear God. Father, I don't know all things. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know their private conversations. I I can't tell them their names and what they had for breakfast. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to preach your word. And your word is a discerner and right now Lord I see your word discerning I see your word breaking in secret places I see your word going through secret hallways and hearts Lord and in the name of Jesus Christ right now I put my voice with the voice of the men of God behind me and Satan we bind you over these young people we bind you over this altar leave in the name of Jesus Christ there's breakthroughs coming right now there's breakthroughs happening right now there's young people right now Lord that are breaking out of this shell they're breaking out of this confusion they're breaking out of this heaviness tonight, Lord, by the power of the Lord Jesus. You're moving to this building tonight. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we know that your word says a space of repentance, Father. And tonight, dear God, we don't want to come up here with a Holy Spirit and an arrogant approach, but Lord, we want to come with a broken spirit and a contrite heart, Lord. And we want to ask you tonight, dear God, would you have mercy upon our lives, Lord? Would you give us the grace, Father? Would you forgive us for letting these things creep in our lives that should have never been there, Lord? Would you forgive us of our failures? Forgive us of our shortcomings, Lord. Oh, God, we want to ask you tonight, Lord, to forgive us that we've been called into the greatest message that's ever hit the face of the earth. And we've been trying to live with demons and manageable situations and trying to figure out ways to put up with these demons. Oh, God, forgive us tonight, dear God, when you delivered a two-inched sword into this generation to cut the head off of every devil. Give them the grace tonight to do it, Lord, I pray. House of hell, give way to the name of Jesus Christ. We will not reason with you. We will not bargain with you. We will not counsel with you. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thou demon of mind battles, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thou demon of complexes, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thou demon of insecurity, thou demon of suicide, thou demon of depression, thou demon of oppression, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call for you to take your hands off of God. God's property. Loose them tonight. Loose every young man. Loose every young lady. Loose them from the fears. Loose them from the tormenting spirits. Satan, you are exposed tonight. You're fighting and fighting and fighting. But we serve you notice tonight. You are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority. You have no power. You are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There is power tonight. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. I challenge every devil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I challenge every sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. I challenge every complex in the name of Jesus Christ. I challenge every demon in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, you have lost the battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Father, there's some young men tonight, Lord, that are raising up to the hour, the challenge. There's some young ladies tonight, dear God, that are raising up to the challenge. They're burying the fight. They're burying the war. They're moving forward as a new generation of possessors. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
break every chain. Oh, break every chain. Oh, to break every chain. Oh, to break every Oh, to break
be the man or the woman tonight. Don't sit in your pew tonight, young people or old people. This is the moment, as we said at the beginning of the service, this is your appointed time. Don't miss the moment where God is dealing and moving. Say, Lord God. Don't run away from mercy, young people. Don't run away in the wrong direction. Say, oh God, I'm going to run back to you. As a prodigal son, I'm running back to my father tonight. Because there's mercy still available to each one of us tonight. He's a chain breaker tonight, saints. He's a pain taker tonight. You just laid down on the altar now. I want to sing that song. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. He's here in the building tonight, saints. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. You think I'm just, well, I'm in my own world. No, he can make a way. He's the God of the impossible tonight. He can create a way for you this moment. But you might need to just open your mouth and cry out a little bit. You might just say, oh God, I need a way. Don't just stand there like a stick and say, expect God to move. But say something to him. Say, I got pain, God. I need a pain taker. Let's sing that tonight. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel
women enough to recognize the need that we have and to step out in faith and say, oh God, I received the word for this moment is the moment that I'm going to be a man of the hour. I'm going to be that Shamgar that Brother Andrew spoke about.
just want to worship him. I just want the Lord Jesus just to move through the building. Stir the hearts through the building. Don't just wait for a wave. A wave. Just press through, saints. I got nowhere else to go. You gonna go to a cabin? You gonna go and sit and talk and chew some M&Ms? No, I'm staying here tonight to press through in the kingdom because I'm not just some camp emotion. No, sir. That man right there on a, on a camera right now, that's no camp emotion is about her, Dan. When the Holy Spirit walked down and literally yanked you back to a tent and changed your life today, and it's never been the same since that time. It's no camp emotion. It might be emotion if you just don't press all the way, but if you can get all the way, never will be the same again. God providing an opportunity so that you can have that moment. Oh God, let's take it. Seize the day. Carpe diem is what that is in Latin. Seize it. Glory. Oh, I love it. Brother Andrew said that hook is out tonight. That hook is out tonight. Somebody was running tonight. Uh, I'm going to Tarshish. I'm running away. But it's the power of God that the Holy Spirit discerning the heart. You know who you are. You know what was going in your heart, in your mind, in your heart. And that hook was just extending all the way out. Thinking you could run a little far. Even right now, the hook is still extending. God's predestinated seed. You I think you can run, but the hook extends to the farthest valley, the deepest valley, the highest mountain. His hook extends and will grab every predestinated seed. Don't stand there just staring at me. Oh God, if you don't have anything in your heart, you say, God, create a desire in me. Hallelujah. I want to sing, giving my life away. I'm giving my life away. I'm surrendering it all. Every aspect of it. Until you do that, it will be this and that. And this and that. And you have to come to a point where you hate the this and the that. And you say, I just give it all. Why not? I think it was Brother Kadri. He says, why not me? Why not now? You answer the question. Why not you and why not now? What else you got? This world and all of its garbage? Come on. Is that what is is it really worth it? It isn't. I'll tell you that. I'll answer the question rhetorical. It isn't worth it. So why not you and why not now? Say, Lord, I'm giving it all. Giving it all. It's actually not hard. <laughs> the devil makes you think it's hard. Just step out. Say, Lord, it's over. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a big, big emotional splash. Sometimes it's just a simple kneel down and pray, and it never is the same again because it's true, full surrender. I've seen a vision. Oh, and I've seen a vision, hush and sweet.
up that second verse in front of me, Brother Joe. No sacrifice too much to make. You say, well, I got to lay down a whole lot. I'm laying down all, you know, certain things that I have done before, and I'm, I'm laying it down next to the blood of Calvary's cross. So, oh God, there's nothing, nothing, no sacrifice we can do, nothing, nothing that measures the sacrifice he made for you and I. What a responsibility that is now. As better Andrew spoke, take the responsibility. Who's done that tonight? Taking the responsibility. It's a big, it's a big step. It takes and brings a load. Now you gotta shoulder it. So I'll take that. So then when you walk from here, it's actually a bit of a okay, I'm shouldering this. Because the devil's now gonna fight you. And he's gonna now test you. Did you really shoulder that burden? Did you really shoulder that load and responsibility? We're all responsible for how much have we heard as how many put their hands up saying, I've been raised in this message. Wow, we are responsible for what we've heard and then how we act upon it. God, I pray God gives you such men, women to take the responsibility, my, and not give the excuses. Wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? she means to me you know sometimes in prayer you can speak and you can Lord I need this I need that sometimes though it's just Lord I want to tell you I love you I appreciate you that maybe what we can do here tonight is we would even now through these next hours and night times I just want to tell you Lord I love you how much you mean to me my think about if you've ever said have you ever said that to your mom and dad no mom dad my, I so appreciate you their heart starts to burst and they just want to pour their love back out to you and that's what it's like to God and go Lord I love you I so appreciate you you, you spoke to me you brought a, brought a servant of God you spoke so direct to my need How, who alone can do that but God oh I appreciate you and he just wants to pour it back in amen try that amen try that this is again
God just reached into heaven's ramparts of glory, Lord, as an anthem from this little chapel. But Lord, not just from the mouths of our minds, but Lord, from our hearts. That we love you, Lord. I look across the audience, Lord, here tonight, and I can just see the different ones, how you've done so much for us. You've delivered us, Lord. You've comforted us. You've strengthened us, Lord. You've brought us through some difficult times. And so, Lord, we just wanted to tell you at this little moment that we love you. Thank you, Lord, for moving amongst us, Lord. You didn't have to. You don't have to. But we thank you that you do when you stir the hearts and souls of your people, Lord. Lord, I pray that each one, Lord, that brought their need before you, Lord, that laid down a stake tonight, Lord. Lord, they would, Lord, have the fervency of their soul. Lord, they would raise up, Lord, not just from the moment of the service, but Lord, as Shamgar, Lord, as we heard tonight. Would they go from here this moment and continue to be a Shamgar? Not just a one-time move, Lord, but an everlasting anchor in their heart. Because, Lord, Satan will continue to come, and they'll need to pick up the ox goat again. They'll need to pick up the word of the Lord, Lord, and continue to do battle. But, Lord, you've made us more than conquerors. Lord, we're overcomers. Lord, by the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb. Lord, I pray you take this little group of people tonight now as we've, Lord, just even as we, uh, beginning service as we would say, oh, thank you, Lord. If this is what you, you've done for us, Lord, to begin, Lord, where are you taking us? But, Lord, in the heavenly places. Lord, we just commit the remainder of the little evening here to you, Lord. May we be sensitive, continue to stir, Lord, as we've said. We'll just wait here a little longer. Wait in your presence, Lord. Maybe there's something else you'd like to do. Maybe there's a heart you're still dealing with. And, Lord, you're still tugging that. That hook is still going out, Lord. So, Lord, we'll wait on you, Lord, a little longer. We'll tarry, Lord. Lord, I'm sure it was some moments, Lord, in that upper room as they tarried and they lingered. And Lord, we'll do just that until you accomplish that which you desire to do. So we commit the evening now into your hands now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Do as you desire. Linger. Sing. Pray. Worship. This is what we're here for. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name.